trailers, option news, comic books spiking that you probably have in your back issue bin. You may be able to hunt for them. They're affordable, but some spec is dead upon arrival. Yeah, that can happen sometimes. Uh, we'll show you what's what, so pay attention. Come on, let's go. Another week, another list. Just me and Fire Guy Ryan today. How you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Digging the party vibes we got going in here. Hit the like, slap the subscribe, do it for Comic Butch. We'll see how long he's going to join us, and Ryan will hit you with number 10. Number 10, let's go. It's Super Mario Bros. Issue number one from 1990. This is the first limited series featuring Super Mario in comic books. We're seeing $150 average sales. The heights this book reached at a 9.8 was $3,100 back in June 2021. The last GPA sale was April this year for $2,549. The book doesn't come up often in high grade. It has come down, but not nearly as down as some books we talk about. There are 32 copies graded at a 9.8. The guru and I recently found a bunch of copies in a collection. They were sealed since they were released. And what I found very surprising is that the staples were such low quality that they all had rust on them. And they were sealed. So that's something to keep in mind. You may have a gorgeous looking book, but you got to open it up to check out how the staples look. We've got a 233% increase in copies sold of this book compared to last week, which makes sense considering the movie's been out for a little over a week now. And in that short time, it has already broken two pretty big records. It's made the most money ever for any animated movie in its opening weekend. It beat Frozen 2 from back in 2019. It's also the most successful video game-based movie. Uh, that beats Warcraft, which came out in 2016. That was the previous record holder of that one. In a recent interview, they got the cast all together to talk about the success of the film, if they're going to do a sequel, which clearly they're going to. Jack Black, who portrayed Bowser, is crossing his fingers that he'll be able to portray the voice of the villain again, and mentioned that he would love to see Wario portrayed by Pedro Pascal. I have to know what you think in the comment section below. I think this would be an excellent addition to this star-studded cast. We've also been seeing a lot of buzz about Nintendo getting their act together and making a uh, Nintendo Cinematic Universe, an NCU, if you will, to co not to compete with Marvel, but, you know, compared to the MCU, it'd be cool to see. It's just rumors at this point, but that rumor is strong enough to spike the first appearance of Legend of Zelda, also on the wider trending 20 list that we sourced these 10 books from. Go check out Key Collector. Utilize code TOM101. You get a free two-week subscription of the app. You support the show, but you enhance your comic collecting. We use this app every single day to keep up on the marketplace, to make videos for the comic fam every week. We've been doing it for four-plus years, going on five. Hit the subscribe button. And although Zelda is on this list, and you have to see where that Valiant comic landed, there is also a brand-new comic book that was recalled this past week that you need to see if you happen to get a copy of. We're at number nine. I'm excited about this one. The Hedge Knight, issue number one from 2003. This is the comic book adaptation of the spinoff novellas from George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones series. We're seeing $15 average sales for this issue number one. A 600% increase in copies sold. We found out news back in 2021 that there were rumors circulating about a rendition of this story, but it wasn't until this past week that we found out that HBO Max ordered this to a series. This is going to happen, and this takes place after the recent Game of Thrones spinoff, but closer to what we all know and love. Yeah, you got Dunk, who is, his real name is Duncan. He's like a tall knight bodyguard, kind of strong dude who protects his friend Egg, which is short for Aegon Targaryen V. He's eventually going to become the king. So you've kind of got almost like a Mandalorian style story about a strong guy and his young young friend going on adventures around, around the world of, of Westeros and a bunch of little short stories. So I think this show could be cool. I have not actually read the novellas. I'm not that big of a Game of Thrones nerd, apparently. I will be now, however. But I think we're going to be getting a show that is a much 
kind of smaller, uh, less epic scale than we've had before. Only 12 copies graded on the census. As Russ would say, no one was specking on this book. Next on the list, at number eight, we have Secret Origins number 14, debuting in 1987, seeing $10 average sales, a little over 100 for a recent CGC 9.8. We have Rick Flagg Sr. debuting in this comic book, and the origin of Amanda Waller and the origin of the Suicide Squad. We're also seeing an increase of copies sold of 875%. Is it Amanda Waller reprising her role? Is it Suicide Squad love or is it James Gunn creature commando spec? A little bit of all of the above, actually. But this week we got the announcement of the cast for Creature Commandos. And back when James Gunn first announced this project, he did remind us that these voice actors would be playing these characters in live action. And a couple weeks ago, we actually talked about this actor at the premiere of Shazam Fury of the Gods. Frank Grillo, who was announced to play Rick Flagg Sr. this week. Uh, was spotted at the Shazam premiere alongside Ron Perlman, who played Hellboy. So the spec was that Frank Grillo would play Rick Flagg, which was correct, and that Ron Perlman would end up playing Frankenstein. But in the uh, cast list, Ron Perlman is nowhere to be seen. We've actually got David Harbour, who's going to be playing Frankenstein in this cartoon, which I think is a pretty good fit. And also in this moment, I'm realizing we've been talking about Ron Perlman, but it ended up being David Harbour, both who portrayed Hellboy. Let's move on to number seven. Get into some Star Wars. Indeed. At the list at number seven, we have Star Wars Thrawn, number one. Now, this came out in 2018, and this is seeing $20 average sales. CGC 9.8 recent sale at $180. The heights this book reached was back in 2021, where it sold for $350. This was at the peak Thrawn hype that we have began to see emerge again. We have a 450% increase in copies sold of this book compared to last week, which makes sense when you consider all of the Thrawn stuff we've been getting recently. See the back of his head in the most recent trailer. We got the back of his head in the Ahsoka trailer. That's as much of him in live action as we've seen to date. We got confirmation that his voice actor from Rebels, Lars Mikkelsen, will be portraying him in live action as well in Ahsoka. I thought that was pretty cool. We also got him name-dropped in the most recent episode of Mandalorian. So there's there's Thrawn everywhere. But this issue, this series, this miniseries, all six issues of this, this is his origin story of how he rose to power in the Empire in between episodes three and four of Star Wars. It's cheaper than his first appearance. The Matina 1 in 50 variant has been hot for years, ever since the news dropped initially. Keep an eye out on that one, because that's really where the spec's going to move, especially when you look at the other variants that accompany this issue. You have like a animated version of the character. The Matina variant is the one to get if you can. And this is being built to be the Thanos of the Star Wars mythos that we're going to be getting. And with all the announcements made as of late, the multiple movies, etc., clearly they're building him up to be the big bad, the next Darth Vader. Right, and Tom teased a little bit just now, but we are definitely not done talking about Star Wars on this list. Let's move on to number six, Silver Surfer, issue number 53. It's been a minute since you and I talked about this, but we have talked about this book before. It's been about five years, a little over four years, actually, at this point. Let me know in the comment section below who's been with us since we covered the Infinity Gauntlet massive breakdown that we did. We covered every single one of those issues, including the crossovers and Thanos Quest. It was a fun time way back when in the first year of the channel. So, yeah, shout out to anybody uh, in the audience right now who remembers all that stuff and who stuck through it. There's a lot. There's a lot to do, especially on our end. No big deal. 
This is hitting $15 average sales. A CGC 9.8 hitting $232. There's only 14 copies that are graded at a 9.8. And the heights it reached was back in 2021 when it hit 350 bucks. And that's because there's just not a whole lot of these graded on the census. A total of 62 lonely slabs. Now, I saw this book hit the list. It's because of spec reasons. They pulled a couple obscure generals from this issue to be portrayed in live action in the upcoming Marvel's film. However, I know this book as the first time we as readers get to see and experience what happened outside of Earth as it pertains to the effects of the Thanos snap. Half of all individuals in the cosmos just were deleted, and we get to see what happens on other planets for the first time. I remember it more so being the first time I did a weird, silly voice on the channel. I mean, one of the first times. It might not have been the first, but it was a, it was a fun video to record back in the day. But yeah, we got the Marvel's trailer dropped this week, which I actually thought looked like a lot of fun. Looks cool. I'm, I'm, kinda, just... I'm probably not going to go to the theaters to see it, but I think it looks like a cool like body swap kind of comedy movie, which I never would have thought we'd get in the MCU. We have Darben who is a general, who makes his first appearance here. And in this narrative, it largely focuses on a government becoming super corrupt because of the lack of leaders that exist after the snap. I don't think that this is the direction that the movie's going. If anything, they're pulling a Bill Murray, finding a random character that they can use because, oh, it was a general. Yeah, they probably just like went to the Marvel Wiki and looked up obscure Cree generals and pulled one out and gender swapped them actually to play them in the Marvels. This role is going to be played by Zawe Ashton, who's actually engaged uh, to Tom Hiddleston, and they have a they have a baby together. It's pretty cool that they're kind of intermingling the uh, the actors in the MCU like this. Speaking of Marvels, at the list at number five, we have Captain Marvel number eighteen. This came out in twenty twenty. It's seeing eight dollar average sales. $52 for a recent CGC 9.8, but an increase of copies sold of 713% after spec started circulating and then was immediately kiboshed by Marvel. Yeah, so when the Marvel's trailer dropped and you kind of get a look at all of the new characters and sequences and scenes we're, see we're seeing in that trailer, there was a shot of Zawi Ashton uh, holding this uh, hammer, the universal weapon that we saw Ronan the Accuser wielding back in Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, is that Laurie L. who appears for the first time in this book? I mean, that's the half-sister of Carol Danvers. It makes sense. Pretty good guess, actually. If you if you know the book, if you know the Kelly Thompson run, you get a look at this character who looks pretty much identical to that. You don't necessarily jump to, maybe this is a gender-swapped version of a general that we saw 30 years ago in the Silver Surfer run. That's not a, an assumption I don't think a lot of people would have made. So actually, Marvel came out after the trailer dropped and said, actually, no, this is Darben. This is not Carol Danvers' sister kind of killing this spec. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go overboard on, on buying this book if it was me. It looks like some members are aggressively specking last minute because of the trailer. Seldomly do we get news from media immediately changing the directory of the spec. However, this is supposed to be a really good Captain Marvel run, the Kelly Thompson run on Captain Marvel. So if you're into that, it might not be a, a terrible idea to speculate on characters from that run, but it's not going to be in the movie, I don't think. Ariel Diaz, Hollow's Eve number one. We have trade dresses going out one per box in the May mystery mail call. Link in the description. Directly support what we do and give us an excuse to sing some funny books every month. You know, it comes from us to you. With love. A little bit of love sprinkled in every box. A little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy going in every single box. But I digress, because at the list at number four, we're going way back in time to the creation of the Jedi. Yep, we're at number four. Star Wars, 
Dawn of the Jedi Force Storm issue number one from back in 2012. We've got $80 average sales for this book, and we had a recent CGC 9.8 high sale of $150. This book has dropped mightily. April 2021, heights of $500 were reached. You can get 9.6s right now for 200 bones or less, and we just reported on a 9.8 that went less than that. It's all because of the recent announcement of a movie that's going to take us way back in the day to see how all of this Lucas lore came about. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about the Star Wars Celebration event they held last weekend where they announced three new live-action Star Wars movies, one of which will be written and directed by James Mangold, who is going to be doing this Dawn of the Jedi story going over the, yeah, the start of the Jedi Order, the discovery of the Force, all of this stuff that was first detailed back in this Dark Horse miniseries back in 2012. It was actually on my pull list way back when I first started a pull list at the comic shop. I grabbed issue zero of this book because that came out first. It was more like a preview, a little primer on all this stuff. It was way over my head, and I I stopped. I didn't I didn't go further. I I jumped ship right as an issue zero. Before being acquired by Disney and Marvel, Dark Horse Comics released this comic book. It's low quality paper, and yes, it introduced a whole lot of Star Wars lore and. So much of this time period consists of things that largely is being abandoned by Disney. They specifically call these narratives legends so that they can pretty much scrap most of what was being told and what was set up. Maybe use it in the future as is being done because Dawn of the Jedi is the name of the movie. But this is going to be an interesting story because it takes place 25,000 years before the movies and the main series stuff that we know today. So it's all going to be pretty much a blank slate. Even Yoda's not that old, so I don't know if we're going to really get any sort of connective tissue to anything we recognize. Since the news dropped, we've seen an increase of 536% in copies sold for a book that initially sold just above 18,000 copies at release. Looking at the list here at number three, potential dead spec incoming. I want to know the community's thoughts on this because I understand what's happening. I hope it's true, but I think it's a little out there. We have Spider-Boy number one from 1996. Ryan, I thought that Spider-Boy has never appeared in comics before. Yeah, we just got this new Spider-Boy character appearing in the Spider-Man issue number seven series. That's a spinoff. You know, it's not related to the main ongoing Amazing Spider-Man run. It's another Spider-Verse multiverse story. Dan Slott. That's true. He introduced Spider-Boy in this run on Spider-Man number seven, which is a multiverse Spider-Verse story. I'm checked out on all those. It's not part of the main Amazing Spider-Man run. However, there were a lot of people online who have been claiming that this is not the first appearance of Spider-Boy, that in fact we did have Spider-Boy number one from 1996. However, that comic is from the Amalgam Universe, which is when Marvel and DC joined forces in the mid-90s to tell a bunch of one-shot stories where they would mash up different characters from both of their perspective universes, including Spider-Boy here, who is a combination of Ben Riley Spider-Man and Superboy. Not only do we get the first appearance of this version of Spider-Boy, we also have Bizarnage, who's a combination of Bizarro and Carnage, as well as King Lizard, a combination of King Shark and the Lizard. And they did this with a bunch of other characters and other spinoffs. Yeah, I think the most popular one was definitely Dark Claw, which is Wolverine and Batman mashed together in one, but you also had Super Soldier, Captain America and Superman combined together, uh, Speed Demon, which I thought sounded kind of cool, Ghost Rider and Flash mashed into one. We also have Iron Lantern, Green Lantern and Iron Man. I never read any of these. I need to go back and, and look these up somehow. But people are speculating that maybe the current Spider-Boy is actually this old one from the Amalgam Universe, even though he says his name is Bailey and the character's name in Spider-Boy back in the 90s was Peter Ross. Different character, different name. But if that is true, if that is the Amalgam Spider-Boy, then perhaps this could be the first initial step in some sort of renewed Marvel DC crossover storyline. 
I don't personally see it. We've been talking about this. We've been hearing rumors about this all the way since back in uh, early 2020. A Thor Donny Cates days. Right. And when uh, Donny Cates teased to the DC Universe in the pages of the Black Winter storyline back in Thor, nothing really came out of that either. I don't know if we're going to see anything like that happen here, but it would be cool. When I mentioned this to Donny Cates in one of the early interviews I did on the channel, he specifically shot this down and said, hey, I'm just having fun, poking fun at Jim Lee, killing the DC Universe in my own comic book. What I experience in the conversation was a lack of excitement of any type of crossover event. It is such a stretch to me that this is how they would do it if they weren't seriously considering it doing years ago. Yeah, if they were going to, I would think they would have dropped this guy in the main book and not like a side story, Spider-Man multiverse story. I don't, I don't see it. We can all hope at the list at number two, we have Star Wars The Force Awakens adaptation issue number one. And this is the first appearance of all the characters that you would spec on or collect if you're a fan of The Force Awakens, we have Kylo Ren, Finn, as well as Rey. Right. It's pretty much everybody except for Poe Dameron. He's suspiciously absent from this list. But yeah, you've got Captain Phasma as well as uh, General Hux, you know, some of the more villainous characters from the sequel trilogy. A lot of these characters are already dead, though. Yeah. We got, again, we're talking about the Star Wars celebration that happened where one of the other live action movies they announced was a uh, sequel to the sequels. Uh, they're bringing Rey back, who was introduced in this comic. It's going to take place 15 years after the last Star Wars live-action movie we got in 2019, The Rise of Skywalker. Didn't they say that that was going to be it? They said that was the end of the Skywalker saga, which is what they've been calling all nine of the you know main Star Wars movies, except now we're going to jump ahead 15 years and see what Rey's up to as she tries to rebuild the Jedi Order. So I guess that makes... Uh, that drove enough sales of this book to put it on number two on the list. 567% increase in copies sold. That's a whole lot of books. 131 of them are graded at a 9.8. The heights it reached was $189 back in 2022. Now they're selling for just above 100 bucks. This feels like for the uh, for the sequel trilogy, this feels like the version of Star Wars number one was for the original trilogy where point, you've yeah. got the first comic book appearance of all of the characters basically from the, from the movies. Kind of got a, a duplicate of that happening here for the sequel trilogy. So if that's your thing... The buy-in on this one isn't too high. However, again, like Tom mentioned earlier, a lot of these characters aren't around anymore. So I don't know exactly how much they can pay off some of the stuff that was set up in the sequel trilogy. $15 average sales, though, for like a pretty popular cast that you see cosplayed at every convention. There's always Ray cosplays, you know, little BB-8s rolling around everywhere. So I, I'm interested to see what the hell she's been up to. I, I don't remember Rise of Skywalker at all. I basically blocked that movie out. I need to rewatch the sequels myself. Hit the like, oh. slap the subscribe button. We're here every week for the comic familia and at the list at number one, the most popular comic book in the world. The most trending funny book is Star Wars The High Republic number five. This came out in 2021. This is prevalent. It's affordable. $8 average sales. We saw an increase of 821% of copies sold in this book compared to last week. Hot damn. Yeah, I'm going to come right out and say I skipped the High Republic. I don't know any of these characters or any of this stuff, so I had to do a pretty big deep dive on this. But this is the first appearance of a character, Vanestra Ro-Ro? ro ro However you say that. <laughs> she will be appearing in Star Wars The Acolyte, which is another upcoming Star Wars show that, again had more information about it revealed at Star Wars Celebration. We have a sequel to the sequels and a prequel to the prequels. This takes place 100 years before The Phantom Menace when the Jedi was ruling everything and their fall was all their own burden that they caused themselves. Yep, we got an 821% increase in copies sold and this show will take place 100 years before the prequel movies, which I'm kind of excited to see that time period. And in the prequels, you've got the uh, the Sith Lord who infiltrates the Senate and eventually, you know, corrupts everything, completely destroys the Jedi Order by the end of the third movie. So this will tell the story of how things were so bad that that guy was able to just 
take them over without anybody really noticing or paying attention. And at Star Wars Celebration, we got this uh, photo of all the cast who are going to be in the show. You've got the lead actor from Squid Game, Lee Jung Jae. I thought it was pretty cool. It's cool to see him again. He's going to be playing a Jedi Master, which I could actually totally see based on like the friendly, nice vibes he had all throughout Squid Game. I think he'll he'll bring a good energy to a Jedi Master character. We've also got Amanda Stenberg, who was in Bodies, 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 that movie with Pete Davidson that came out last year. It was actually pretty good. I like that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, uh, what's what's this? Is this another Game of Thrones character? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Prince uh, slash King Tommen, of course. Everyone remembers King Everyone Tommen. Everyone knows the that. Kid, he jumped out the window, by the way. Spoilers, I guess. He killed himself. <laughs> uh, you got Daphne Keene from uh, Logan, who's going to be making an appearance in this show. It's- Yo, X-23 is coming back into the Star Wars universe. I love it. This show is supposed to take place uh, center around the villains. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see more information come out about this because it's still pretty unknown at this point. However, this character, Vernestra Rowe, 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 Rowe she she's seemed, badass, dude. She seems pretty cool. It makes me want to read The High Republic. She's got like this uh, lightsaber that she can switch and change and it turns into like a whip laser. It's pretty cool. Yeah, she's supposed to be like a genius who's like the youngest Jedi in a generation. She becomes a Jedi Knight at like 15 years old. The youngest one, right? Yeah. Well, this right here is really exciting um, for numerous reasons, but it's also a book that you can find in the back issue bin and it's also controversial because you do see her in full in this book, but she does appear here for the first time in issue two. Yeah, there's a cameo in issue two. And you know, we're getting the whole cameo first appearance debate again. But she oh, did no. she did appear in at least two panels, I think, in issue two. She had some dialogue. She was even name dropped. Which one, comic fam? Let us know in the comment section below. And as always, geek responsibly. Enough said. Did you miss out on my Batman Gold Foil logo variant? It sold out really quick. Stop missing out on my drops. I'm making these comics for you. Like person watching this video right now join my email list i'll email you i won't spam you but i will email you when i do a drop so you never miss out on the dope books i'm making and if you've made it to the very end of this video you may want to go to comictom101.store because i'm adding a few copies of my batman gold foil so go over there right now you may be able to grab one i held back for you we also have two other videos for you to check out if you don't want any comic books you want to watch and be entertained by us talking about comic book nonsense it's not nonsense it's funny books. It's a lot of fun. Have a great week.